Hello, Bridgetown Church, and those of you joining us online. My name is Gavin Bennett. And I'm Bethany Allen, and this is the third of a four-part Bridgetown Daily for the Advent season. This week, we're exploring the Advent theme of peace. If we look back over the last year, that is in most circles ominously known as 2020, we can't help but reflect on a few significant and trying things. Things like a global pandemic that has shut down most of the world, impacting lives and many businesses and causing thousands to lose their jobs and primary sources of income. Things like the reckoning and wake of racial injustice that God is using to heal and rid his church of the sin of racism. Not to mention one of the most divided and hostile elections in our nation's history, just to name a few. Between the civil unrest, the seeming crumbling of the global economy, unprecedented unemployment, millions and millions of people sick and dying, 2020 may be the closest thing that many of us will ever know to the experience of war. But you didn't need us to remind you of all of that. You know it. You feel it deep in your bones. You also know that now, more than ever, we need peace. The problem, though, is that for many of us, peace feels like a far-off and, if we're honest, unrealistic possibility. We think it's something that only comes by chance or through more work than we're able to put in. Peace feels like something people feel and know in children's books or fairy tales, but the reality is that peace is elusive and improbable, if not impossible. The chaos of the world that surrounds us, not to mention that of the world inside of us, is too big. It's, it's too much. Its weight is too crushing to even have the naive ability to think about, let alone hope for peace. Does any of that sound familiar? Many of us find ourselves agreeing or aligning with these sentiments actively or passively all the time. We find ourselves saying something like, of course, when we drop our breakfast trying to run out the door to a meeting, or that figures when our kids spill the remainder of the milk across the counter and all over the freshly baked Christmas cookies, or this might as well happen too when we pull out of the freeway into a dead stop traffic. We've talked at Bridgetown about how the enemy's number one way to pull us away from the goodness of God is deceitful ideas that play to disordered desires that are normalized in a sinful society. In these moments, which all of us have from time to time, we are agreeing with the deceitful idea of the enemy, namely that he gets to set the pattern for how our day or life is going to go, that he has the power to change reality, and that we may as well expect it. And while it's true that chaos will happen and that the enemy is actively seeking to disrupt God's goodness, it is even more true that the goal of God for his people is peace. So if that's true, why does peace feel so far off? Why does it seem so hard to find, and when we find it, to keep it? Well, what if the problem isn't that peace is so far off and ethereal? What if the problem is that we don't actually understand peace as the Bible means it? Woven throughout the scriptures is this Hebrew word shalom, and its Greek equivalent, erene. And as we look closer and follow this thread, we find that it paints a much more beautiful, rich picture of the world that God created and that God will be recreating at Jesus' second coming. 
and it's why the church dedicates a whole week to peace during the Advent season. When we look at the chaos around us, it typically brings up dread or fear, but that's not true for God. The first thing we see God doing on page one of the Bible is to hover over the chaos. We find that he does not move away from chaos, but into it. And as he moves in, we find him ordering it and creating out of it, which is our first glimpse of shalom. Shalom is more than just the absence of conflict. Shalom is when God steps into creation and sets the world right, not just by stopping evil, but by restoring all that it's taken. See, the peace of God is not about the absence of something. It is about the presence of someone. What we wait for and watch for in Advent is the return of Jesus. But why? Because when he comes back, there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more sin, no more evil, and God will put all things to right. Peace is not the absence of war. It is the presence of victory and the presence of restoration. The shalom of God is the power of God. So much so that Paul, in his letter to the Romans, tells us that the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. The peace of God is not his passivity. It is his breaking into what is wrong and making it right. And yet, the irony is that in his first coming, God did not come as everyone assumed he would, with guns blazing and swords swinging. He did not come as a warrior or a soldier or a king. He came as a baby. Why? Because peace is slow. Or, as Jesus said it, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It starts out small so that we have to pay attention to see it. God refuses to use the tools of the enemy, chaos, destruction, disorder, to bring about peace. The challenge of the Advent season is to watch and wait for Jesus and the peace that he is bringing. As Henry Nouwen says it, keep your eyes on the Prince of Peace, the one who does not cling to his divine power, the one who refuses to turn stones into bread, jump from great heights and rule with great power, the one who touches and heals the lame, the crippled and the blind, the one who speaks words of forgiveness and encouragement. Keep your eyes on him who becomes poor with the poor, weak with the weak. He is the source of all peace. And so, in Advent, we practice watching and waiting for this coming restorative peace of God's kingdom. And more than that, we ache for it. As Paul said, like we're having labor pains. It's not the sweet, romantic ache of a kid waiting for dessert. It's the gut-wrenching pain of childbirth. But our hope for peace is in one who does not disappoint. We can hold to the reality that when this peace comes, when Jesus returns, he will be better than we could have ever imagined. But what do we do in the meantime? Do we simply sit by and wait, hoping that he's not too long in coming? Not at all. In the kingdom of God, we are not just those who wait for a future peace. 
As we wait, we get to become agents in making peace around us. As Paul said, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We go out of our way to watch for, point out, and look for peace, but we also go out of our way to make it happen. We don't get the luxury of overlooking the darkness in the world around us. Instead, we become, as Jesus called us, the light of the world, light that shines into darkness and makes it disappear. Jesus is the true light, and we reflect his light around us. It's not less than good attitudes this season towards those in the customer service industry or as those working in the customer service industry, but it's certainly more. We seek to go above and beyond, outdoing one another in love. In doing this, we are not merely peacekeepers. Our path of formation and transformation as disciples of Jesus is to become peacemakers. We get to prepare the way for his return by making peace around us. And in doing so, we help the world and each other recognize the beauty of all that his return will bring. Remember, peace is not just the absence of something. It's also the presence of someone. It is not just the absence of pain and war and student loan debt and addiction and divorce and violence. It is also the presence of one who will right each and every one of those wrongs once and for all, and who will not do so as a cold but benevolent emperor, but as a warm, loving father who draws near to us and who chooses to be Emmanuel, God with us. As we continue, we want to read the opening section of the gospel according to John. This passage was written to mimic the opening of the section of the Old Testament in Genesis 1. They even both start out with, in the beginning. As I read these words, hear them as God's response to the chaos or darkness of our world and imagine what that light coming into our world might mean for you this 2020 Advent season. A selection of verses from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, 
the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Now, before we move on, let's take a moment to draw our attention to the realities of our current experience. Even now, begin to pay attention to your breathing. Notice as your chest cavity inflates as you breathe in and deflates with each breath out. Take a deep breath in as full as you can and hold it. Now exhale slowly. Inhale. Exhale. As you continue to breathe, draw your attention to your body. What are you feeling right now? Where do you feel tightness or soreness? Where do you feel pent up energy? Notice these sensations and sit with them for a moment. Perhaps even pause the podcast and spend some time paying attention to each part of your body, head to toes, and notice what each is feeling. Next, draw your attention to your surroundings. What do you hear, smell, taste, see? What are you touching? Feel your own weight in the chair or on your feet as you walk. And as you do, thank Jesus for the substantial nature of your existence. You matter to him. He longs to bring you his peace. Next. Notice where in your life you feel peace. Maybe your current surroundings, maybe your work or studies, or maybe in a relationship or perhaps even just in this moment. Take a minute and thank Jesus for each area of peace you notice. Finally, Notice where you feel chaos or war or darkness. Maybe your current surroundings, maybe your work or studies, or maybe in a relationship, or perhaps even just in this moment. Take a minute and invite the presence of God into the absence of peace. Imagine God's movement towards these areas as a warm light 
shining into the darkness. To end, I'd like to pray a blessing over us. If you're able and willing, would you join me by getting into a posture of receiving? Again, for some of you, it may be palms up. For others, it may be on your knees. Whatever position, our hope is that you are able to receive and pray this prayer of St. Francis of Assisi with us. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen.